Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 2. I'm having a hard time beginning the show. I have to laugh. <laughs> I can't tell you why. <laughs> oh, oh, I need to repent. I'm sorry. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson here. It's the second hour of the program. Private back and forth conversation happening on text message. I swear I'd be canceled if people got a hold of my text messages. <laughs> okay, we have to move on. The phone number, should you wish to be a part of the program, 877-973-7425. Uh, you are more than welcome to call in. Um, I will be at Nikki Haley's event in South Carolina tomorrow. She's... She's a longtime friend of mine. I, I, I'm I am staying out of the 2024 race. I know him. I mean, Pence is a friend. She's a friend. I was texting Tim Scott last night. He's a friend. Ron DeSantis. I've gotten to know a little bit. Um, I but I don't know him well. I know him less than all the others. But I I think very highly of him as well. And I'm just kind of like I want them all to be able to come on the show. I'll be able to answer questions. I'm inviting them all to the conference in August. They'll all be here, but. Um, I, I make no bones about it. Nikki and I have been longtime friends and my daughter is a huge Nikki Haley fan. Uh, just, I mean, we've known the Haley family for a while. And so I'm going to take my kid over there, uh, tomorrow to see, uh, Nikki now ambassador. I always call her governor just out of habit. Um, but ambassador Haley run for announcer run for president of the United States. I want to play you some of this. Now, this is edited, and you're going to hear the edits in there. It's about a three-and-a-half-minute video. We've pared it down by half just so you can get the sentiment of her running. This is Ambassador Nikki Haley planning to make formal tomorrow in Charleston, South Carolina, what she put in this video released today. The railroad tracks divided the town by race. I was the proud daughter of Indian immigrants. Not black, not white. I was different. But my mom would always say, your job is not to focus on the differences, but the similarities. And my parents reminded me and my siblings every day how blessed we were to live in America. We turned away from fear toward God and the values that still make our country the freest and greatest in the world. We must turn in that direction again. Republicans have lost the popular vote in seven out of the last eight presidential elections. That has to change. The Washington establishment has failed us over and over and over again. It's time for a new generation of leadership to rediscover fiscal responsibility, secure our border, and strengthen our country, our pride, and our purpose. China and Russia are on the march. They all think we can be bullied, kicked around. You should know this about me. I don't put up with bullies. And when you kick back, it hurts them more if you're wearing heels. I'm Nikki Haley, and I'm running for president. That's Nikki Haley uh, running for president of the United States of America. Uh, she, like Tim Scott, a black man from South Carolina, she a... Uh, family of Indian descent from South Carolina. It's kind of interesting to see two different people from South Carolina uh, running. 
I'm going to probably tread in deep water here, but there are a lot of people, a lot of people who make a lot of money allowing racial grievance in this country to fester. If you listen to some of them, they they think we are no better than we were several hundred years ago. This is not to say we're perfect. We're not. But I, I would just say it is extremely notable. We've now had our first black president, our first black vice president, And on the Republican side of the aisle, we have two people running from South Carolina, where the Civil War started, and neither of them is white. One a black man, and one an ethnically Indian woman. There are a lot of people who want to hate the United States of America today, uh, and they want to hate it because you make money off of hate these days. A lot of people make money off of hate. There are people on the right who make money off of hate as well. They hate the other side. Uh, The very first comment, we put up my monologue last night about Tim Scott. Uh, We put it up on uh, my Substack, and uh, we had the video of the monologue up. The very first comment was someone who couldn't support Tim Scott because he's too nice to the other side. Believe it or not, uh, not everyone wants an a-hole for president. But that that I that that comment struck me. He's too nice to the other side. There are a lot of people who want us to hate each other, who want the vulgarities of life to be played out on the public stage. Who I mean, I get this all the time from people. You're you're just you're you say nice things about Democrats. How can we trust you? You know, I've actually encountered enemies of our country. When I was a kid, our school had to be evacuated for several days because Hezbollah tried to blow us up and kill us all. I think there are a lot of Democrats with a lot of very bad ideas. I don't think they're my enemy. They're not actually literally trying to kill me and my family. I think their ideas would be ruinous for the country. I do think there are some of them who hate America, but increasingly there are voices on the right who hate America too. They find it too decadent, too hedonistic, too secular. There are voices on the right, or on the left rather, who find it still too religious too sectarian, too closed-minded. We're working in a circle here. The two extremes are mirror images of each other. I don't try to hate people on the other side. But hate sells today. I mean, hate really does sell today. Anger and rage at the other side pays the bills for a lot of people. You go on MSNBC and they drip with disdain for you and me. There are a lot of people who get paid a lot of money because they perpetuate hate. They are hate hustlers. 
hate pimps. They hate the other side. There are people who make a lot of money stirring racial grievances. Nicole Hannah-Jones in the New York Times in the 1619 Project. It is a revisionist attempt at American history wherein she got a lot of things wrong about American history, so much so that even a lot of left-leaning professors pointed out how much she got wrong. And she's like, it's my truth, racist. It's my truth. My truth. She's out attacking Thomas Sowell on credentialism. How is he credentialed to lecture her about American history and things like that. She makes money by selling a mythology that hates this country. The Al Sharptons and the Jesse Jacksons of the world shake down corporate America. Black Lives Matter has learned from them. They shake down corporate America. They do not like the country. They believe the country is deeply flawed, and they don't want the country to ever get better because if the country ever did get better, they would be out of money. So they claim to offer solutions, and the solutions do nothing but perpetuate further grievance. We have an intersectional culture where they believe that that rich white men are the actual oppressor. And when you see the situation in Memphis with the poor young man who's beaten to death by the five black police officers, they say, well, it's white supremacy. It's white supremacy. In fact, they're just taking out on him the pinup frustration they have of being in a white society, taking on a white role and not being white, and they're angry about it, so they beat him. Nah, that that, that ain't racism. That That's not white supremacy but they can't see it any other way. It's almost become religious dogma for them and they hate and they make money on it. We are a great people and a great nation and all of us left and right, regardless of race, ethnicity, income, sex, you name it, we should all think it's kind of cool that in the heart of the Confederacy where the first shots of the Civil War were fired, you're going to have two candidates in the party of Lincoln who are not white, one male, one female, both having overcome a history of injustice and racism that they themselves experienced as outsiders in a predominantly white society, and they didn't get bitter, they didn't get nasty, they didn't become grievance mongers, they didn't demand reparations. They refused to see themselves as victims, and they got on with life, committed to a better America. They saw themselves not as black or Indian, but as American. That should excite us. That should inspire us. That should give us hope. And instead, what we're going to see is a lot of people on the left say, well, they're not authentically non-white. How can Tim Scott say he's black when he perpetuates white supremacy with his policies? That's exactly what they will say. I guarantee it someone's going to accuse Tim Scott of perpetuating white supremacy because he's a conservative Republican. And we should laugh at these people, at the ridiculousness of it, at the racism of it that you must believe a certain thing if you are not white or you're not sufficiently non-white. We should be inspired by this. It doesn't matter who you support in 2024. Whether you support Trump or DeSantis or whether you support Biden or Pete Buttigieg. The fact that we've now got the first black president, the first black and Asian vice president, 
And the Republican Party is offering up a man and a woman, both of whom are not white, from South Carolina. That's a moment of progress for the United States. It's a moment of progress we would note if they had a D next to their name. The media will choose not to pay attention to it because they have R's next to their names. But they're not just token. They're not an Alan Keyes style candidate. I never honestly had a very high opinion of Alan Keyes once I learned more there. He would run. He became a perennial candidate. These are viable candidates. These are candidates who could go the distance. In the right year, they could go the distance. I don't know that they have what it takes this year, but it's not like they're some just run-of-the-mill social activist. You've got a United States senator and a governor-turned-United Nations ambassador, both of whom are running as Republicans in South Carolina who are not white. That's real positive progress for this country. And so many people on the other side won't be able to admit it, won't be able to acknowledge it, will belittle it, condemn them, and criticize them for not buying into their ideas of how to move on and advance our society away from racism because their ideas don't actually move us away from it but allow it to fester in grievance so they can make money while Tim Scott and Nikki Haley are the living embodiments of the American dream that it transcends race, it transcends ethnicity, it transcends gender. It is a transcendent idea that anyone who wants it bad enough through their own hard work can advance in this country They're the living embodiment of the American dream, and for that, they will be condemned by people on the left who would prefer us believe that this nation is as bad as it was 300 years ago, if not worse now. We cannot give in to that hate, nor can we give in to those lies. So my kid has a queen-size bed. We've got a king-size bed. We got him bull and branch sheets, and he's used them. He had, like, kid sheets, and now he's... Old enough, he doesn't want the, the action figure sheets anymore. Well, we got lost because, I mean, the sheets look like our sheets, except they're queen-size sheets, and they got put in our closet, and the kid was in despair. We got him bowl and branch sheets. They've gotten softer and softer, and he's like, where are my real sheets? He refused to sleep until we found the real sheets because they're that soft. They're that good. They're made with a 100% organic cotton thread. They get softer in every wash. You can stay cozy all winter long with a set of Bolin Branch sheets. They really are that good. We have them on multiple beds in our house. My goodness, my seriously, my kid. Uh, he's finally like my sheets are for kids. I'm I'm grown up now, and uh, it's just a a step of quality above what he had. And now he's like can't sleep without these sheets. They're designed to feel incredible for all sleepers. They're made without toxins. They're free of pesticides, formaldehyde other chemicals. They fit the deepest mattress too, which I love because we have a very thick mattress on our bed and it fits. It doesn't like bunch up and then snap off in the middle of the night when you roll over. You can get 15% off your forced order Bowl and Branch sheets when you use promo code Eric at bowlandbranch.com. Exclusions apply. See site for details. That's Bowling Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D branch.com. The promo code is Eric, E-R-I-C-K. Welcome back. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be a part of the program, I got to tell you, uh, even James Clapper, just just listen to this clip. Well, obviously, uh, Erica, it's... uh, This is uh, becoming balloon gate, I guess we could call it. Uh, (laughs) What what we need is, uh, you know, to recover 
these objects, as the, the Pentagon's call them, and and figure out uh, first where they're from, and if possible what their uh, source is. I think probably uh, we've had balloons up for quite a while, and and uh, and because of certain action been taken, we're much more sensitive about finding, looking for them, and and finding them. So the questions I have is where do they come from and what's their purpose? And hopefully if they recover the, the remnants of what's been shot down and can do some forensic analysis uh, of, of, of whatever co components they're able to recover, then we'll have, uh, you know, we'll have more insight in, uh, into uh, what, what they are and what the, what the purpose is. Balloon gate. Balloon Gate, that's Clapper saying that. Uh, pretty friendly to the Democrats, and he's calling it Balloon Gate. It is notable that we haven't heard from the president. There are a lot of questions, and now uh, sources are telling Bloomberg News, and now I see other news outlets picking up on it. They believe some of the balloons shot down were not intelligence balloons at all, but were something else. Uh, corporate uh, is the word they're use, using. Um, corporations have been launching balloons. You know, we've got the project in Mexico that wants to launch sulfur into the air using balloons. You've got Google using balloons for Wi-Fi. Um, we don't know what these balloons are or who they're from, some of them, but they appear to be uh, private entities that are launched. I got to imagine it's some uh, Alaskan or Canadian redneck uh, who's trying to get in on the action and, and just, just screw around with us. That, that's got to be, you know, you can buy these things for like 200 bucks. Somebody sent me a link the other day, 200 bucks on eBay for one of these weather balloons. I, something's going on here. Where's the president? Why didn't he like give us cogent, well, a cogent answer from Biden? <laughs> Maybe it's best he not speak. Y'all, I want to be real honest with you. Uh, I have looked because you have asked me to look for a reputable gold company that can give you advice and answer your questions that's not gimmicky. Like, for example, some of them do certificates, and some of them they try to rope you in with other stuff. You are interested in precious metals for your retirement savings uh, to ease the ebbs and flows of inflation and wild swings in the stock market. Advantage Gold. Advantage Gold. That's who you want to call. Uh, Advantage Gold. I have looked into them. I have had them answer my questions. And it is not one of these gimmicky places. There aren't tricks they really just want you to have a great experience learning how to be a gold investor. Give them a call, 800-450-2566, 800-450-2566. Tell them I sent you. You can get their free gold and IRA investment kit, but call them if you got questions. They're good people, 800-450-2566. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is... Eight seven seven nine seven three seven four two five. Should you wish to be on the program, I'm I'm happy to have you. I, I we need to have a serious talk about uh, something that's going on out there that you may not be aware of, and you probably should be. There are a couple of uh, independent stories that I, I think really can be uh, strung together. And I want to start with this notion. In fact, let me let me pull it up and read you the comment um, because I, I think it's worth you hearing exactly the comment. I wasn't actually expecting it. So yesterday I did a, a entire segment on Tim Scott. He's going to announce he's running for president. He is a... 
uh, intriguing guy. I, 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 I have, I don't know that I have an ill word to say about Tim Scott. Everybody likes Tim Scott. He is a, a decent man. He is a, a kind soul. Uh, and he believes in an optimistic vision for the country. The very first comment when I put this up was good man, but too worried about political fairness and civility towards the left. That time is gone. He gets no traction. Neither does Nikki. That 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 was this John's response. And then he later says Scott's another Romney. Uh, and, and John's point by Scott being another Romney is he's too nice. There are a lot of Republicans who believe that Mitt Romney was too nice to Barack Obama in 2012. He was not vicious enough. He was not an a-hole. Uh, he was not Donald Trump. He did not fight. They say this about Donald Trump. He fights. And people, you know, Barack Obama in 2008 told Democrats, don't take a gun to a knife fight or don't take a knife to a gunfight. And now Republicans say the same thing. Oh, he's taking knives to gunfights. He's going to die. We're all going to get killed with this guy. He's too nice to the other side. Now, there are a lot of Americans who do not want an a-hole for president of the United States. Being a nice person does not mean you're not willing to throw a punch. Jesus Christ was the God of all creation, and he was willing to throw a punch. People don't like to talk about that side of of our Lord and Savior, but uh, he threw the money changers out of the temple, but he was a nice guy. But I also understand where these people come from. I disagree in that they need to be all the time throwing punches. They need to be the bull in the china shop. They can't but they do have to understand what they're up against. And I don't know that we all appreciate what we are up against. I have friends on the Democratic side, and I try to explain this to them, that uh, because you're not in it, because you don't experience it, you can't appreciate the anger on the right right now that institutionally the left has built up organizations that play well with the media and academia that not only vilify the right but try to eliminate the right. We are dealing with a group of people who at essence are eliminationists of the right. They want to exterminate us, not physically. They do not want to kill us, but they want to make sure we cannot get our message out. They want to make sure that anyone who touches us becomes radioactive. They want to make sure that any organization that does business with us is punished. They want us eliminated from the public square. It's not that they want to compete. It's not that they think their ideas are better. They do not want our ideas to even be heard, which suggests they know there's a fatal flaw in their ideas. For years and years, people on the left believed that they could go to the town square and make their argument. People on the right would make their argument and everyone would go with the left. And it's not happening the way they thought. If you go back to the 1970s, what did you hear over and over again? Republicans' days are numbered. The demographic shift in this country, we were going to be a non-white country. That was going to mean the Republicans would get wiped out, and it did not happen. In fact, there's a growing movement of black and Hispanic voters towards the GOP. So now they've evolved their tactic. It's, it's not now stand in the public square debate. It's shut the public square down and do not let the right exist. 
political activists in Florida have condemned the hypocrisy of corporations that use Black History Month to denounce racism while donating hundreds of thousands of dollars to Ron DeSantis. This is from the left-wing Guardian newspaper. Amazon, AT&T, Comcast, Disney, and Walmart are among the companies that have pr- that publicly proclaimed their commitment to quote-unquote anti-racist values, especially after the murder of George Floyd. But research for the Center for Political Accountability, a nonprofit organization that tracks corporate political spending, shows these same businesses donated directly and indirectly to the 2022 re-election campaign of DeSantis, who has imposed limits on how race and racism can be taught in Florida schools, so they claim. Amazon, AT&T, Coca-Cola, Comcast, DoorDash, General Motors, and Walmart have all made public statements in celebration of Black History Month. Google posted online on February 1st, learn how Google is recognizing and celebrating black voices, joy and success this Black History Month. But the Center for Political Accountability found that each of these companies donated money to Ron DeSantis. See what they're doing here is they're trying to harass, shame, bully and badger corporations for giving money to Republicans. They don't like that these companies are giving money to Republicans. So they take a new spin of hypocrisy. They make claims that Ron DeSantis does not support black America to make that claim and then say these corporations claim to support it, but they're supporting this racist. We're not going to call him a racist, but that's what we're going to imply. They're trying to shut down corporate donations. They're using the media to do it. There's a reporter at CNBC who regularly shames corporations for giving money to Republicans. And remember after after the the January 6th mess that um, they went after all sorts of companies? I mean, for you people who attack AT&T, DirecTV for taking Newsmax off, I I had a lady email me the day, I'll never listen to you again, you lied. You said DirecTV took Newsmax off because it was about money and it's not. They're censoring, really. Do you know at and is one of the few corporations that refused to stop giving to Republicans after the January 6th stuff? I think Toyota was another one. They didn't stop giving to Republican candidates, even some who questioned the veracity of the election. And they came under withering fire from the left. AT&T actually has had pretty good relationships with conservatives. You're going to tell me DirecTV banned Newsmax, not because Newsmax wanted them to pay money, which is not beyond dispute. Everyone agrees Newsmax suddenly wanted DirecTV to pay money when and they hadn't been paid money. No, no, it's some sinister claim of censorship. Does this happen? Yes. Did it happen in that situation? No. Some people are too damn stupid to be able to nuance the situation. In this case, you have people on the left who are bullying these corporations, trying to get these corporations to not fund any conservatives. But it goes beyond that as well. Jeff Blair, I think I'm mispronouncing his name, but he'll forgive me. He's writing at National Review. Readers may recall I have been on the disinformation industry beat lately, and it's a grim one indeed. For those unfamiliar, I'm referring to the newly arisen ghoulish industry that vampirically gorges itself on the bodies of its willing, almost grateful victims. Woke corporate America, academia, the mainstream media, and the federal government itself. Most recently, I wrote about the Global Disinformation Index, a British company whose explicit ideological goal 
is to blacklist and deplatform disfavored speech ranging from bonkers like Trump won the 2020 election to mainstream center left like my teenage daughter may not actually be a boy. The Washington Examiner kicked off the coverage with a well-reported piece about GDI's sinister mission, influence, and connections and has continued banging the drum about how Microsoft in particular has begun using its blacklist. Score one for sanity then because Microsoft, specifically its advertising company Xander, seems to have backed away. While this is good news indeed and all credit to the examiner for excellent investigative reporting work that made the case clearly and convincingly and got Microsoft to act, the far greater bad news is that it has come to this at all. That it has is a sign of the marked decline of viewpoint neutrality as a guiding ethos to regulating the public sphere. This is airy theory. The blunt reality is that the corruption of this ideal is going to hit one side far harder than the other. And if you're reading this piece, you know which side it is. It is outrageously predictable that the subjective whims of one British company infected with a transparently progressive bias and working without any proper supervision could affect the corporate decision-making process of Microsoft in such a sweeping way, leaving conservatives only with an after-the-fact appeal. What this company was doing was compiling a list of sites that are dangerously engaged in disinformation, and you will be unsurprised to learn that every site listed was a conservative site, no matter how truthful the site The New York Post was listed in part because of the Hunter Biden situation, which we know was true. And the State Department under Joe Biden has been giving this company money. The State Department, our federal government, our money, our taxpayer money, funded GDI to the tune of $200,000 and continues to crank out blacklists of conservative sites that you should not engage with. Now, this is this is one of the most interesting ones. Uh, my buddy, Con Carroll, who writes over the Washington Examiner, he's their commentary editor. He personally got labeled as an agent of disinformation. He writes, this is how GDI defined disinformation. Quote, disinformation is more than overly simple false dichotomies such as true and false or left and right. GDI views disinformation through the lens of adversarial narrative conflict. More importantly, these adversarial narratives create a risk of harm. This definition transcends false binaries and identifies disinformation explicitly by adversarial narrative topics such as anti-immigrant, misogyny, anti-vaccine, etc. Obviously, anti-social liberalism. What's so information is that, or so so important is that Con Carroll got listed as an agent of disinformation for telling the truth. GDI listed him as peddling in misogynistic disinformation. Why? This is what he wrote. This is what Con Carroll wrote. Looking to explain why liberal women are so unhappy, National Marriage Project Director Brad Wilcox notes that no demographic is happier with their family life than conservative women. Over 60% of conservative women say they are completely satisfied with their family life compared to 50% of conservative men and just 35% of liberal women. 
Wilcox argues that liberal women are unhappy because they believe independence, freedom, and work will make them happier than marriage and family obligations, and that is no doubt a big part of it. That's it. That's what Con Carroll cited, a study that someone else did, and they labeled him a disinformation agent using your tax dollars. The left is using government money to kick us out of the town square. The FCC is willfully hostile to talk radio and places like Fox News. Corporations are badgered and bullied by wokes and ESG agents to silence us. I can understand why there's a sense of victimization on the right. I can understand the sense of rage. I can understand the anger. But when you get angry, you often make mistakes. You often slip up. And that's my concern about having a relentless bull in the China shop in 2024 smashing everything is because mistakes will be made and the left will capitalize on those mistakes. And also, you're not going to draw a lot of people to your side. I've got to tell you, I know some of you still think the 2020 election was stolen and you come across as insane people. To too many normal everyday Americans, you don't understand how you come across and it alienates you. Let's say you're right. Let's just say hypothetically you're right about the election was stolen. You still come across as such a bunch of brain biblical donkeys that nobody wants to deal with you. You're rage, 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 rage. It's all injustice. We're victims. It's all bad. They still, nobody cares anymore. You come across as some unapproachable kook. And I don't mean the keepers of odd knowledge society. There's an unlevel playing field at this point. The left has set up institutions to censor us, to silence us, to deprive us of funding, to harass anyone who gives us and our candidates money, and still we're able to win. Still we're able to make inroads. Is it unfair? You're damn right it is. But we can still win. We just have to be smarter. We have to know their arguments better still, just like we've always done. We have to be smarter in how we engage. We have to be um, willing to take risks but play those risks smartly and make less mistakes than the other side. And we win, and it drives them crazy. And when we do take back the White House... We need a complete deep dive into who's been funding these organizations, both the ones that target the donors of America towards the right and also the ones that claim they're fighting disinformation. We need a full audit of what Joe Biden's government has been funding to try to silence us. And you know what? Turn it on his head. Do it to them. Maybe they'll finally learn. Now, we need to talk about the Eden Pure Thunderstorm because they're having a three-pack sale right now. You can get three of them for less than $200 at EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. You go to EdenPureDeals.com and you put in the discount code ERIC and you will see the Eden Pure Thunderstorm three-pack. Now, they're air filters or air purifiers. They get rid of the dust and the pollen, the mold, the mildew floating. They're filterless. You wipe them out on occasion. They use electrostatic plates, so you don't have to have a subscription for filters. But what I use them for, the genius of the Eden Pure Thunderstorm, is it is an odor eliminator. It wipes out odors, litter box odors, pet odors, smoke odors, musty odors, cooking odors. It wipes out those odors. So you got a stinky rental car or hotel room, fire up the Eden Pure Thunderstorm, walk away, come back later. 
it's all taken care of. One for your upstairs, one for your downstairs, one for your RV or your travel bag like me. You get three of them for less than $200 by going to EdenPureDeals.com. Front page of the website, you'll see the discount code box you put in E-R-I-C-K at EdenPureDeals.com. This hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. Wherever you are nationwide, they can help your business grow. Reach out to them, firstlibertyga.com. Anywhere in the nation, in the the United States of America, they want to help your business. They might be able to get you to yes where banks are saying no, buying a building, building a building, growing a franchise, firstlibertyga.com. Tell them I sent you. All right, we got more we got to talk about. I also, I'm happy to take your phone calls as well, 877-973-7425. Real quick, though, this, this strikes me as very, very funny. This is the headline from Politico. Conservatives gloat as Congress starts off with little to show. The House has been busy on matters that won't become law while the Senate's doing the bare minimum and the GOP is feeling good. Of course. Yes. Listen, I know this is counterintuitive to a lot of progressives, but I personally think it's a good thing when Congress does nothing. Do the bare minimum. Uh, The more Congress does, the more our freedom is in jeopardy. So, yes, I think it is a grand sign of accomplishment that Congress has been restrained from doing anything significant. I I do not want Congress to pass the the budget, take care of the debt ceiling, whatever you got to do, fund the military, and then leave us alone, Congress. Stop trying to pass laws to do anything because you're probably going to make it worse. That's just me. One of the issues Congress may make worse, probably cannot make better, is a sensitive subject. Y'all, we we got to really, please, come back. We got to talk about teenage girls. We, we really need to, actually. 